talking to a good friend yesterday from the States um, via Google Hangout, which apparently they're going to close down because there's so many people using it. And like that. There's been so much traffic on Google Hangout in these past couple weeks that they're in serious trouble. But uh, he was saying that they've been asking him to pray, use his prayer intentions um, towards uh, to God because he's, he's a devout Catholic and people know that he's into his faith so he has connections, but that that God bring everything back to normal again. That God just make everything as it was. And he says that he's, he can't in his good conscience pray for that because he doesn't want things to go back the way they were. Uh, he, and he says he wouldn't be able to say that to the people. It's like, he said, it's like saying that he wants to see a tornado. Like people freak out when he says that because they're like, oh, tornadoes are terrible. How could you want to see a tornado? He just thinks it'd be kind of cool like, to witness a tornado in action. But, you know, he couldn't say that to people just because tornadoes are dangerous and they kill people. So he was saying that if things were to go back to normal, this would have all just kind of been in vain. Because he thinks that everybody's obviously getting shaken up. Um, he says it's it's very sad to see people in their fallen humanity, especially in the, the grocery stores. Uh, I forgot the name he says it, but apparently in the States there's a name for this now. I think it's like uh, like frantic shopping or something. Where like the amount of people that are allowed to go into the grocery store, literally are like frantically, like you know, if it was the last thing that they're allowed to do, like filling up the cart. And uh, he says that people are being exposed in like their poor humanity. And he says they're like they like so they look like shaved rats, um, which is kind of like symbolic that we're all kind of just in this system and we're all being kind of controlled and before everybody was walking around with a smile on their face saying everything was great and uh, we're in control and everything's okay but now that we've been exposed and it's it's embarrassing uh he said the other night his wife woke up um in the middle of the night she just started crying and he asked her what was wrong and uh she was remembering a statistic that she just heard a couple days ago which is it's terrible apparently there's there's uh this is in Texas, um, a huge number of domestic violence calls and children under the age of four being um, checked into the emergency room because of domestic violence. And uh, it was like, it was so overwhelming for her, she just kind of broke down in the middle of the night and hit her all at once. But uh, it's, a, it's a symbol as well as the way things are going. Because all of a sudden families are found together in circumstances where they normally wouldn't have to be in. Those children would probably be in daycare systems, the parents wouldn't be together, they'd be at work. All of a sudden there's no work, uh, there's no daycare, and they're all in the same house and no one is allowed to leave. And domestic violence is going through the roof. And, and then that other horrifying uh, fact, it was just two weeks ago when Italy was probably at its worst, they were all given free access. They were all made premium members to one of the biggest pornographic industries in the world. And on their part from this business, they said that they felt bad for the Italians because they'd be so bored inside their homes. So they, they opened them up to free access. And um, so now everybody in Italy, especially in the North, has that free access, whereas before it would have cost money to release their boredom. And it's, um, it's, it is dark, and like I said, it all it is getting exposed, like our poor, poor humanity, as mommy would repeat a lot, she'd say poor humanity, she would, after things that she might have experienced and seen, that would be her reflection, poor humanity. 
And um, we can see it from God's point of view as well, looking down on all of humanity, all of creation, and saying the same thing. In spite of us trying to cover it up and saying that we're okay and we're fine, we can do this, we can get through this, we will overcome. Things will go back to the way they were. It's the same, he's saying, poor humanity. And what would seem to someone who never read the gospel, someone who say they came from a different planet, if they were to come here, read the gospel, their reaction would be, this, is, this story that you just showed me in the gospel is too good to be true. We don't have that reaction because we're so used to it, because we've grown up with the gospel, we've grown up with the incarnation, the, the paschal mystery, the resurrection, we've heard it so many times. Sadly, we've become used to it, which it should always, every single day, every time we pray the Angelus, um, it should shock us and it should, it should like wake us up and say, this is too good to be true. That with the reality of humanity, how dark and how, how burdened and how poor we are and how weak we are, because these domestic violence calls, you might not be getting them from a religious community. I would hope not. <laughs> if, if some religious would have to be checked in, you know, because there was domestic violence at home. It probably wouldn't happen, please God. But the the fact of the matter is, is that we are capable of that. We are. We're capable of the worst. Like Saint Jose Maria Scriba said, don't he's like, don't call me insane. Like I'm capable of the worst atrocities thinkable, like the worst imaginable crimes. I am capable. We all are. We're all poor and we're all miserable. And reading the gospel, you would say, This is too good to be true. That God who is the master commander of everything. He is, he's the, he's the all-powerful, all-knowing, everything. God is going to become an embryo, an embryo. Sorry. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess the word up because the Spanish in my head is like, no, let me say embryo. Yeah, there's no end. All right. Like, so yeah, he's going to become an embryo. He's going to become the smallest thing that you could think of, that is too good to be true, if you think about that, because the whole purpose of him becoming embedded in Mary's womb, becoming hidden, is precisely that he can get as close as possible to his creatures you can possibly think about. That's what you read in the Gospel, that God is going to become man, and he's going to do it in a delicate way through the most like the, the ideal of mothers so that he's going to become man and he's going to give us the best of moms. If someone were to read that, especially someone who is in the bottom of the barrel and who's in, in his full misery reads that, he says, this is too good to be true, that God thinks about me to that point that he's going to do that. And he does. The problem is, is he's a hidden God though, because like in creation, you, you see his, his majesty, how great he is, but you can't see him. It's like he's, He's there, but he's not. Like this is too great and too big for it to just have come out like out of, out of just like chance or chaos. But he is there in a hidden way, and even in a deeper level, especially in these days, we started the quarantine. It's kind of a funny fact, but the whole quarantine when it really got bad, like a couple weeks ago, started with the gospel of loving God as you love your neighbor, and that's really becoming like practical because all of a sudden you are with your neighbor 24-7. And uh, that, like you've heard that, oh, it's beautiful. I love my neighbor as I love God, right? But now that you're face-to-face -face with your neighbor for a longer period of time, which you wouldn't have been, um, one guy called me that day and he said he had to just run out of his house and do gardening. He never did gardening before, but he just was at his wit's end with his dad. 
and it drove him to the point where he was gonna, he was gonna guard it. And uh, he was a couple hours uh, blowing steam off, planting flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was because he was at his dad's throat, and his dad was at his throat. And then his dad got mad at him because it was a Sunday, he was working on Sunday, and it just got worse. But anyways, um, that's, that's what's gonna happen. We're too close to each other, and it's, and it's gonna really become visible how we have to love God as we love our neighbor. And because he's a hidden God, he's he's not easy to see in our neighbor. He's not easy to see in our brother, the person who's right next to us. But if we can't see him, and if, okay, if we can't see him, it's, it's a given. But like, if we're not trying to see him and looking for him in our brother, we can't expect to see him or find him in the Eucharist. That's that's just the best fact of the matter, because if... We can't search for him and love him and the brother that we have next to us who we can see, we're not going to be expected to search for him and find him in the Eucharist when we can't see him. And it's a guarantee that if we strive and we make our relationship better with the brother who we can see, our relationship with Christ in the Eucharist will get better. That's a fact. And he's waiting for us to do that as well. He's waiting for us to find him in the... the uh, the poor, miserable state of, of me and my brother. He's waiting for that. And the relationship that we have in, in the Eucharist will, will change for the better. And this friend also said he ended saying that he was a devout Catholic, he went to church every day, but now that he can't go to church, he feels like him going to church was just like ticking off a box. Like he has to do it, he wants to be a saint, he wants to be a Catholic, so he's going to church every day. But he felt like it was just kind of like ticking off a box without reading the fine print next to the box. And he just got into the habit, into the habit of daily Mass. And now that he can't have Mass, he feels like he wants to get that ardor again. And he wants to get that, that, um, that awe. Like I said, it's the biggest danger we have as Catholics. We're becoming used to the biggest and greatest mysteries. It's, it's going to be the one thing we're going to be accused of when we're before God in judgment. It's like the most sacred mysteries we've become used to and that's where the lukewarmness comes in peter creeps usually quotes a muslim who said in conversation with the eucharist he said if look at the end of the day if i really believed that that was my god as you believe in that little white circle i wouldn't be able to enter into the church on my two feet i would have to crawl on my face and i and i would, I would be so taken aback and so odd that my god who is almighty and i know who he is has become so small. I wouldn't be able to walk up. So it makes us reflect now that we don't have these sacraments, we don't have these mysteries. It, it is time to pause and to get our thirst for him even greater and our awe. We have to have that spirit of awe like children. We have to be like every day before this mystery saying this is this is too good to be true, but it is true because he is that good and he is that concerned for his his sons and daughters humanity is his and he loves each and every one of us and hopefully in this time of trial in this time of quarantine where we're all, where we are able to take a step back we can get back into these mysteries read the gospel and have it have this conviction that he is that good and that he is that madly in love with us